The Euros are here, and on today's show, Wales are on the verge of the last 16 following their 2-0 win over Turkey. The standout teams from the tournament so far. The end of the show quiz. Plus, can Wales repeat their 2016 heroics? That's your roundup this week. Hello and welcome to the Euros Are Here. As always, I'm joined by Johan Aslet. Thanks for having me on, Dil. And we were supposed to be joined by Jack Knight this week. However, due to him being ill, we've had to draft in a late replacement. And as Wales are going to be a big focus this week, following their 2-0 victory over Turkey, we thought, who better to bring on than our dad, Mark Aslet. How are you doing, Dad? I'm absolutely fine, Dylan. Thanks for having me on. And don't worry, that'll be the last time I call you Mark on this podcast today. <laughs> That's absolutely fine. You call me what you want. <laughs> so in terms of our moment of the week, Yoz, what was your moment of the week? Okay, so I've gone for Gareth Southgate's team selection for the opening match against Croatia. I found it nothing short of comical, most noticeably introducing Trippier to left-back, despite you know, that not being his ordinary position and having many alternatives, viable alternatives, obviously, with Shaw and Chilwell, and also him placing faith in Tyrone Mings in the back four. So, you know, Southgate's made many bold decisions in the opening match against Croatia, and it should be really interesting now to see if he decides to maintain that team selection for the upcoming game now Friday against Scotland. And although it was pretty surprising, the team selection, it did pay off for him. And of course, England went on to win that opening match against Croatia by one goal to nil. But Dad, what was your moment of the week? Well, I won't go for the obvious one, which I think we're going to talk about later, which is the Wales win against Turkey. I'm going to pick the the Czech Republic 50-yard goal against Scotland, because probably, arguably, one of the best Euro goals ever. Just absolutely crazy strike from you know from from that distance and the, the absolute precision of the, of the strike it's stunning goal i know what you could argue marshall was slightly off his line you know he could have been further back but the strike was absolutely sublime and that's my moment of the week yeah it was a sensational strike wasn't it by Sheik, the striker for Bayer leverkusen and as you said there he was slightly off his line david marshall but still can't take anything away from that fantastic strike. But we're actually going to start today with Wales against Turkey. And what a great moment that was, wasn't it, Yoz, when Conor Roberts scored the winner in stoppage time for all us Welsh fans. But what was going through your head when Gareth Bale skied that penalty miles over the crossbar? Well, at that moment, I was absolutely convinced that Turkey were at least going to equalise, especially in response to that dismal of an attempt of a penalty kick by Bale, of all players. I really underestimated Bale and perhaps Wales collectively, their resilience, obviously, after that penalty miss. They remained unfazed and very much committed enough to act upon their defensive duties to secure the win. So, Dad, were you expecting Wales to get this result going into the match? For me personally, I was incredibly surprised by Turkey's poor showing, especially after that first game, losing 
by three goals to nil to Italy, you would have thought they would have come out the blocks early on in this game against Wales, Turkey. Well, yeah, going into the tournament, I really feared Turkey. I was really fearing this game for, for Wales. But after that Italy performance from Turkey, I was I was encouraged. I didn't see anything from Turkey at all. And I had some confidence going into this game. Although Wales weren't particularly great against Switzerland, you know, they were really on the front foot from the start. I was really impressed with Wales, actually. Turkey just didn't offer anything. OK, Yilmaz scoring all those goals for Lille, but without the service, I thought, I thought the midfield was poor, weren't creative. Very, very surprised with Turkey, which is obviously a bonus for Wales. And so much for Turkey being dark horses, because you was in your Euros predictions last week, you said that Turkey were going to be your dark horses. What have you made yeah. of Turkey? They've been awful, haven't they, in these opening two games? Well, I don't think many people really could have foreseen just how dysfunctional Turkey were from a defensive standpoint. Um, as we witnessed in the game, we saw Ramsey making that same continuous run in beyond the back four of Turkey, and it was very predictable. But yet, come the second half, they didn't adapt. They had the exact same system, the same model in place defensively, and that really allowed Wales to utilise our better players. Their better aspects with Bale, his technical aspect, occupying that cam position at times, playing those balls through to Ramsey, and it worked for us. And we, I think, ended up winning pretty convincingly. Yeah, and I'm a little bit disappointed I didn't end up sticking with Sweden because at the very last second, news, I changed from Sweden yeah. to Turkey. And I think I'm regretting that call now, especially after Sweden's nil-nil draw against Spain. And a little later on, we'll discuss whether Wales can repeat their Euro 2016 heroics. But just before we do, we're recording this Thursday afternoon now. We've seen every side play at least once a couple sides twice, but which team or teams have stood out for you so far in the tournament? We've mentioned Italy's 3-0 win against Turkey, went on to beat Switzerland as well, 3-0. Have you been as impressed by Italy as I have been? I've been extremely impressed by Italy. They just look so organised, they've got so much experience at the back. Great midfield and those front players, just they're so lively. There's quality oozing through that team. Very impressed. Won the last 10 games and beaten in 29 games, I believe. Only conceded three goals. They are going to be very, very difficult to beat. Even the top teams. I've been very impressed with them. France were good. Not amazing, but France always they, get, they always improve through tournaments and they know they're going to be there at the end. But Italy especially, I've, I've been very impressed. Yeah, France, of course, they overcame Germany, didn't they? They won by one goal to nil. A huge clash there between two of Europe's heavyweights. What have you made of the tournament so far, Yos? Have you been impressed with Italy and France or has anybody else stood out in particular for you so far? Well, if you speak about best team as of right now to this moment in time, completely, I think it's very hard to uh, dispute Italy being the standout team as of right now. And just to elaborate upon what he was saying, I was really impressed by as soon obviously they lose possession, their resilience, their fortitude to regain, to retrieve that possession in quick succession, obviously kind of working as a trifecta, pressing as a three at times, pressing as a four, and they become very problematic to play against, especially for a team such as Switzerland and Turkey. I guess the only question now, speaking of Italy, is whether they can replicate that form, whether they come against a more prominent team, whether that's France, England, as they progress. And yeah, I think 
you know, it, I think France are going to have a very difficult time playing against this Italian uh, side now because, you know, there's not really a flaw there. Perhaps you can mention the lack of pace at the back, but they have so much experience. I think it compensates when you have the likes of Benucci, Chiellini, some of those intellectually superior players perhaps on the planet. So for me, it's going to be very difficult for any team to counter what they provide. So I'm really, I really think Italy are going to go very far, if not potentially win, based on what I'm seeing so far. All I would say about Italy is that the two teams they've faced so far have been incredibly poor. Exactly. Turkey in that opening game was so uncompact as they were against Wales. So much space to exploit in between their defence and midfield. Again, similar with Switzerland. There was just no urgency, no dynamism in the Swiss midfield whatsoever. So I do question whether Italy, when they do come up against the real European big boys, the likes of France, the likes of Portugal potentially, I just think they may just come up that little bit short just because they haven't got that pace not just defensively but also on the counter-attack Brady, Insigne, Immobile all very good technically but they haven't got that explosive pace that I feel you need on the counter-attack to win those very close encounters well I was just going to say that I actually to some extent disagree with you there I just think although I can understand your issues with them as they progress with the tournament as they obviously then encounter the more prominent teams I just think even though they're of age in some positions, whether you're speaking about them defensively or Chiellini, I just think they are that good intellectually. They'll be able to adapt to that circumstance if they were to play a team like France with that pace. And I think they could potentially dispatch of them. I'm not going to say anything definitive because we really don't know. We have to wait and see they, you know, how they actually play against a big team. But I would like to think they would at least compete. So I really think they have a lot of potential to go very far in this tournament. So Belgium beating Russia by three goals to nil. They actually play on Thursday evening. So by the time you listen to this podcast, they will have played that match against Denmark. Of course, in that opening game, they beat Russia by three goals to nil. Be very interesting to see how Denmark react in the match tonight. Of course, it's the first time they've played since Christian Eriksen's horrific uh, heart attack, wasn't it, on the pitch. Mm. Another team who've stood out in the opening week of the tournament are, of course, England, beating Croatia by one goal to nil. So how would you compare Belgium and England, the performances they've shown in their opening matches in comparison to the likes of Italy and France? Belgium, yes, they were very good against Russia. Russia are not quite the, the top team of old, but Belgium were... They look very good. The Kaku up front is obviously clinical at the moment, especially after the season with Inter Milan. Going to England, I thought it was a very, a very solid performance against Croatia. You could argue should scored another couple of goals against them. England are exciting with the, with, the, with all the young players, the Fodens, the Grealishes. They have you know they don't have that weight of expectancy of old old England teams. Um, they can they can play freely, which I think for the first time in many years with an England team, um, they just ha- they haven't had that baggage going in, and 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 they can express themselves. They are you know they're going to be very strong in this tournament, England. So Yos, you mentioned at the start of the podcast in your moment of the week that you were incredibly surprised by Southgate's decision to start with Tyrone Mings and Trippier, especially as the left-back. But it paid off 
They beat Croatia by one goal to nil. So would you expect to see England play that same lineup against Scotland on Friday evening? Well, um, there's two questions here. Do I think they'll go for it? Whether Southgate will maintain that team selection and would I change it based on that performance? Personally, based on what I saw, I don't think you could really deduct too much based on that defensive display because, let's be honest, that Croatian team, they looked fatigued. It was an ageing squad and they were not the team that they were in 2018. I don't really think they could compete with them, technically speaking, or cardio. So, for me, I think there is too much acclaim being subjected to players like Tyrone Mings, especially playing a back four. I think, obviously, as they progress through the tournament, he may prove to be somewhat of a loose cannon because, obviously, there's a good potentiality that he could play a team, whether it's Portugal or Germany. And obviously, with that standard, obviously, being at the top of the pitch, will he be able to dispatch those high-caliber players? I'm not too sure. I was very surprised, as mentioned earlier, with Kieran Trippier being the selectee for the left-back, given what they have on the bench, especially with Luke Shaw, who, for me, is the ideal left-back to play. I didn't think that was even disputable up to this stage. And I think perhaps most of the football community in this country would agree. I would have, I would have thought so anyway. But one thing I would mention, I do think people have perhaps overstated England's quality in their opening game. They were very solid for that first half an hour. But afterwards, there was times to which, quite similar to Wales, I saw them kind of coercing the ball forwards and not really creating many effective attacking developments right there. And the goal, you have to remember, it was a lucky goal. I think most keepers would have saved it in that position right there. So although there are many positives to take out of this, I still have my concerns, by all means. I think a lucky goal is a little bit too far, but I know what you mean. They didn't create the openings. But ultimately, the goalkeeper should have saved it. That's the point I'm trying to express. Yeah, it, Sterling's shot was pretty close to the keeper, wasn't it? I think another keeper may have saved that shot. And Yoz, you mentioned there, because if England finished top of their group, they will play whoever finished second in that group of death, France, Germany and Portugal. Just before we move on, Portugal, of course, those three late goals against Hungary. They, of course, are in a great position now to progress from that group. And it'll be interesting to see Portugal play against Germany Saturday evening. Yeah. So that'll be very interesting. Mm -hmm. And again, they'll play France next Wednesday as well. So some real big clashes there to really get a feel of where Portugal, Germany and France are all at. We're actually going to focus now on Wales and how far we think that they will go in the tournament. In terms of the predictions we all did before, how far do we think Wales will go? So in the last 16, I have got Wales facing off against Russia. Because, of course, Wales will be second place in their group. Russia, I've predicted, and I think we've all predicted the same yeah. two yeah. teams in second place. So, will Wales make it past Russia in that last 16? What do we think, guys? Um, okay, so I think they won't really have much issues against Russia. I think, as we witnessed in their last game against Finland... They had a tendency to commit many bodies forward. I think that's going to work very much in our favour, especially as we witnessed then against Turkey. The players are willing to obviously act upon, you know, their, their own initiative to act upon their own defensive duties. So I think we will dispatch of them somewhat comfortably. And the way that I have my predictions going, I think they may lose in the quarterfinals. That's how far I think they will progress. Okay, so yeah, I've agreed with that. So I think that Wales will beat Russia 
And then the other predicted last 16, I've got Holland against Germany. And I think when we did this before, we all agreed that that would be... So uh-huh. why do you think that Wales will come just that little bit short against either Holland or Germany? What are Wales lacking to beat those type of teams? Well, actually, on my predictor, um, I agree with Wales beating Russia. I think Russia have been... Um, I don't think they've progressed probably since the World Cup. Like I say, they put a lot of bodies forward. Not with a lot of quality. I fancy us to beat them. Yeah. Going forward then, we're looking at the quarter-final. I've actually got it against Holland. I fancy Holland to beat Germany. Ooh, OK. So I, I, I've got a quarter-final against Holland. And I think that's a pretty even game. OK, it was against a Turkish team who completely haven't performed in this Euros at all. But being the optimist Welsh fan, <laughs> I've actually got guys to beat Netherlands, Holland in the, in the quarterfinal. But I do fancy... So you think Wales will beat Holland in the quarterfinal? I do. I do. Blimey. Wow. So you're predicted another semi-final for Wales. I think that's a bit too optimistic for me. I actually think Germany will beat the Netherlands and then Germany will come out on top against Wales in that quarterfinal. Of course, we watched Holland in that 3-2 win against Ukraine. And although Holland were very good going forward, they were very, very exposed defensively. And the one thing the Germans do have is a good counter-attacking threat with the likes of Havertz, Thomas Muller, Serge Nabry, potentially Leroy Sane and Timo Werner off the bench. So I just think they'll have too much for Holland. Is that similar to you, Yo's? Or have you gone for something slightly different to what I've predicted? I would be very surprised indeed if that is not the events, to be honest, that does involve. I really think Germany are going to be way too strong for Wales. I still think there is this kind of fond sense of optimism amongst Welsh fans based on the two performances we've seen so far. I mean, yes, we did play very well against Turkey. We were a lot more eventful than we were against Switzerland. But I still have... You know, my doubts, my reservations, obviously, in our defensive qualities. But again, anything is possible, as shown, obviously, in 2016. We are a team of great resilience and anything is possible. Yoz, you mentioned there the poor performance against Switzerland. I think we're almost forgetting how poor that performance really was. Because, yes, they played well against Turkey, but they were completely open defensively. So much space to exploit between the defence and the midfield. Whereas against Switzerland who were more compact, where the lines were more condensed, there was less space to exploit. Wales really struggled. Mm -hmm. And even against Russia, the one thing they can do is defend pretty solidly. They do leave a little bit of space to exploit on the counter. So would you start Kiefer Moore in those games against Russia, against a potential opponent like Holland or Germany in the last eight? Because for me we'd be better off going with somebody like David Brooks and play the likes of Dan James on the left, Gareth Bale on the right. Of course, Aaron Ramsey then can continue in that midfield role. I just think that would suit Wales a lot better instead of those long balls at times that we played, especially against Switzerland. Mm -hmm. For me, we're just not getting the best out of the likes of Joe Allen and Ramsey with that approach. I agree. I think by incorporating more into the team, you're really compromising on our better players, Joe Allen, Ramsey and Bale, who need the ball two feet. And obviously, as we witnessed in the opening game against Switzerland, we just resort to hoofing the ball up, 
at any time in doubt, any time being slightly discomposed. And that was a big contributing reason for why we failed to win the game. So I don't believe we should play him. Yes, I thought he improved against Turkey, but they were incredibly dysfunctional, tactically speaking. I think many players could have prospered given that model of play they had continuously throughout the game. So I wouldn't have in my systems purely because you're not utilising the better aspects of our better players. This might be a little bit controversial, but I honestly think Turkey were that bad that as long as Bale and Ramsey were on the pitch, whatever way you played, whatever way you set up, Wales would have beat Turkey. I think they were that poor. They were that open defensively. The, the space in between the lines, especially that defence and the midfield line, at times was absolutely shocking. <clears throat> so... I do agree with that, Yoz. I think we've got to go with a false nine. More, I know people will say, oh, but we beat Turkey 2-0. But when you're coming up against better opponents who are more compact, showed against Switzerland, Kiefer Moore wasn't in the game whatsoever. And then yeah. you can bring Kiefer Moore with 10 to 15 minutes to go as an impact sub, almost like an Andy Carroll, like West Ham use off the bench. I just think starting the game when you've got the likes of Brooks on the bench, I think is almost criminal. What do you think, Dad? I agree. I think the only problem is I think Rob Page will continue to use him. That's the way he seems to have set up the Wales team. I think Brooks is a very good footballer. I think they need to utilise him. Or even use Harry Wilson as your main striker. They played very well against Belgium and scored a lovely goal against Belgium in the World Cup qualifiers with Harry Wilson up front. I think against the better teams, you have to utilise the better quality players we've got. Kiefer Moore will come up short against those big teams. He certainly will. What did he do against Turkey yesterday? Really? Okay, he put a shift in, don't get me wrong. But he didn't really offer anything as an attacking threat. Our attacking threat yesterday was Bale linking up with Ramsey. Exactly. But Turkey was that poor, really. Then You're not going to have a defence that's that poor in this Euros, I don't believe. I think the one thing that we can all agree on, that when Wales do come up, against somebody like a Germany or Holland potentially in that quarterfinals, I think they've got to drop more, go with Brooks and get him involved. You mentioned earlier that connection between Aaron Ramsey and Gareth Bale. Let's get David Brooks involved in that. And I think we'd be better for it playing Brooks in that false nine position. So just before we finish, guys, the end of the show quiz. So get a pen, get a piece of paper out and... Name the 10 players who have scored six or more goals at the European Championships. So there's 10 players who have scored six or more goals at the Euros. You have 30 seconds to list those players. Off you go. I think you might be struggling this week, Yos, with Dad's knowledge of the European Championships over the years. <laughs> you might be right. I am struggling. I got five so far. Not bad. This one, which I'm slightly hesitant with, but I've gone with them anyway. Okay, so last five seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay, so we'll work through this list numerically from the top to the bottom in terms of how many goals they've scored at the Euros. 
Top with 11 goals. I think we all know this one. It's Ronaldo with 11. Yeah, of course. He scored those two late goals against Hungary, didn't he? Taking him two goals clear of Michel Platini's previous joint record with nine goals prior to this tournament. And as I've just said then, Michel Platini was second with nine goals. Did you both get Platini and Ronaldo guys? Yeah, yeah got those two guys. Yeah, got those. Okay, so in third on seven goals, any ideas? I think it's Alan Shearer. Yeah, yeah great shout. So you've both got Alan Shearer, yeah. so three out of ten so far. Now to the seven players on six Ooh. goals, any ideas? I've got Griezmann. Yeah, Griezmann is one of the six. You, I don't think you got that when you used it. You based off of that <laughs> facial expression. <laughs> I did not go for him now. I should have. So I'm struggling after this. I'm trying to think of like the Euro 2000 uh, top scorer. I'm trying to think of Luis Figo, something like that. No, no Luis Figo. Any ideas, Joes? I know for a fact Wayne Rooney got six. Yeah, Wayne Rooney is one of the six. Yeah. Good shout, Joan. And again, this was when I was really starting to struggle. I went for yet Lehman. Who? Jens Lehman. He's a goalkeeper. Oh no! Not no. What's his name? <laughs> the, uh, the striker. What's his? Klingsman. Sorry, Klingsman. Klingsman. I've got his name mixed up for a second. Then yeah, sorry. Klingsman. Okay, no, no, Jurgen Klinsmann. Oh. I think that'd be impressive for a goalkeeper to get six goals used <laughs> in the tournament. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I couldn't think. I, I couldn't think of his name. I got Michael Owen fifth. I'm not Michael sure Owen wouldn't Michael Owen wouldn't I don't think there's any other English players in that list. No, no um, Michael Owen no. on the list. That's all I've got. Honestly, very disappointing. Ah, I struggle with that. Van Basten. Oh. No Van Basten. No, he scored five, didn't he? <sighs> Van Basten scored five in those 88 euros. David Trezeguet? No, no David Trezeguet. Henri must have. Yeah, Thierry Henry. Yeah. There we are. Great shout. Um, so, Daddy's just pipped it right at the death to get that fifth player who scored six goals. It's going to be someone mad like Savo Milosevic or something like that. Is one Savo Milosevic? No. Any ideas used to try and equalise right at the death? Oh, gosh. Um... That's a no. Let's work through this list. <laughs> okay. Can I have a guess of Good Muller? No, no, no good Muller. No. Okay, so as we've already said, Ronaldo in first on 11 goals, Platini in second on nine goals, Alan Shearer in third on seven goals, and then we've got Griezmann with six goals, Thierry Henry, as Dad just mentioned there, he's another one with six. One that you've both missed out, you mentioned Van Basten, he's not on the list, but Rude Van Nistelrooy, is on the list with six Ooh. goals. Of course, of course. Another Dutch striker, Patrick Kluivert. He's also on this list with yeah. six goals. I knew there was a Dutch player. Yo's and Dad, you both got Wayne Rooney as well on the six goals. And then the final two, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Mm. Of course, he has yeah. got six goals for Sweden at the Euros. And finally, somebody who I think most of you guys would have just missed out on, even if you had minutes, even hours to think of this, Nuno Gomez, the Portuguese striker. A okay. blast from the past there. Scored. I kind of forgot he existed. Yeah, yeah. me too. <laughs> 
He's the final player to have scored six goals at the Euros. And just before we finish, in terms of the matches to look out for over the next week at the Euros, the ones I've picked out on Friday evening, England against Scotland. And of course, by the time you've listened to this, the game may have already took place. On Saturday, Portugal against Germany, as we mentioned earlier, and Spain against Poland. On Sunday, it's the final group stage match in Group A between Wales and Italy. It'll be interesting to see who finishes top of Group A. On Monday, the final matches in both Group B and C, including North Macedonia against the Netherlands. On Tuesday, the final match in Group D between Croatia and Scotland and England against Czech Republic. On Wednesday, the final group stage matches in both Group E and F and two fixtures I've picked out from those are Spain against Slovakia and France against Portugal. And that's followed by a much-needed two-day rest on Thursday and Friday. So we all get a little breather, don't we, from the Euros on those two days. But what match have you picked out, Dad, as your match to look out for over the next week? It has to be the decider of the group of death. Every game in that group is just a game to look forward to. I think France-Portugal, the last game in that one, the decider. Yeah, France against Portugal Yeah, on that Wednesday. Yeah, the, the only problem with that one, it, it, it could be... They both could have been qualified by then. So it could be, you yeah. could argue, it could be a bit, bit of a damn squid. But in terms of quality, that's one to look forward to. Well, I think both teams will want to avoid a potential clash against England. So I think... That might actually be a pretty tasty encounter, wanting to avoid Gareth Southgate's England, of course. Yos, what have you gone for as your match to look out for over the next week? Yeah, so I've gone for England versus Scotland. Apparently, it's the oldest football rivalry in the history of our sport. I think most people, obviously, who live in Britain will be very much anticipating that fixture. I am, unfortunately, though, foreseeing an absolute annihilation of Scotland by England. I think their quality is going to be far too great for them to dispatch of. As a score prediction, I'm going to go for 3-1 England. I'm going to go two goals from Harry Kane and one goal from Mason Mount. How do you see that one going, Dad? England or Scotland? Do you think that'll be an annihilation for England, as Jowens just suggested? Yeah, very much so. Okay, Scotland did create a couple of half chances against the Czech Republic. I could see a 4-1 win for England. I know you could argue some form book was out the window with England-Scotland, but I think England would absolutely terrorise our Scotland defence. They look shaky against Czech Republic and they look even more shaky against England. And I'm going to go for a solid 2-0 win for England in that match. But that's all we've got time for this week on the Euros Are Here. Thanks to Yo's, thanks to Dad, and we'll see you next Friday evening. Thanks for listening and we'll see you there.